0: All right, guys. So today's very special guest, Ryan Chaw, introduces me or not really introduces me. This is a concept we've talked about in the mastermind a while because we've got some folks who uh, who are in the mastermind who take their primary single family residence and do exactly what Ryan's talking about in this episode. But I've never thought about it as an overall investing strategy where you go buy a single family home and rent out the specific room. And I don't know why, because I'm thinking here, Airbnb, you know, short-term rentals. I don't want to deal with that turnovers, the cleanup fees, all that good stuff. But what Ryan's done is basically said, well, we're going to kind of land somewhere in the middle of an Airbnb to a traditional single-family rental. He's renting out these single-family rooms for college students in a college where he went to, right? And it's amazing. Uh, it's just an amazing episode. So what I want to do, we're going to get right into it, but before we do. Uh, I'm wondering if any of you will use Dillcheck to analyze properties this way, right? Because um, it's just such an amazing concept. It's really got me scratching my head thinking why I haven't done this before because of the as many times I've had this conversation. It's just this conversation, like many, the light bulb has finally gone off and something that I'm going to explore even more. So, um, to find out more about Dillcheck, who is an affiliate of the podcast, go to w2capitalist.com forward slash deal check there. You're going to find some videos, some demos that I've done, but also the coupon code for, for you to get 25% off. And we're not talking about a whole lot of money here, folks, for the calculator, the deal check calculator that's going to make this whole analyzing properties so much easier for you. Uh, it, it, for me, it costs like five bucks a month uh, when you do the annual commit uh, or when I did the annual commit. So w2capolis.com forward slash deal check, D-E-A-L, C H E C K. All right, let's get into it with our guest, our very special guest today, Mr. Ryan Chaw.
1: You are a W two capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I am the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. He's, he saw me fumbling around here. I actually hit the record button before I, I didn't mean to. But anyway, today I'm joined by Ryan Chaw. It's like Shaw, but with a C, right? So Ryan graduated with a doctor in pharmacy. You, you might be the most uh, educated Uh, person I've had on the podcast so far. But in 2015, at age 23, so something about the math doesn't we're gonna dive into that a little bit, because I I feel like maybe you're just like this uber smart guy who blew through college and got his doctorate. But I want to dive into that here in a minute. Uh, Ryan loves his job, but he wanted to do something more in life, right? He didn't want to become just the pharmacist. I'm using air quotes, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube. But Ryan was inspired to become a real estate investor by his grandpa, who bought three properties in the Bay Area. So you're out in California, right? That's right. Yep. Sacramento, California, Sacramento, California. So the the three rentals that you saw your grandfather purchase, the rental income from those covered all the expenses and allowed him to retire early. Right. And now his grandpa was even able to use that rental income to help cover his grandchildren's college tuition. So your grandfather, uh, started thinking about some generational wealth, which is something I'm getting into now, right? So Ryan bought his first property in 2016 as a single family home at the local college. He rented it out uh, per bedroom, which I think is really cool, to college students and renovated to add extra bedrooms to increase rental property. That's so freaking awesome, right? So now I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. Ryan makes a little over 10,000 a month in rental income, uh, three of the properties are on 15 year mortgages. Make sure we, I want to make sure we dive into that because (laughs) what's the strategy there, right? So talk about that. And even one of his properties is on a 10 year mortgage. Uh, which is crazy, right? So now Ryan is teaching others his system, how to find college towns to invest near uh, analyzing a deal, generating tenant leads through strong marketing tactics and how to self-manage college tenants, which that has to be a job in of itself. Because I, I remember what I was like in college and uh, landlord, I'm pretty sure my landlord hated me. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you strive for to have hands off, right? And have everything automated. Exactly, so, yes. Uh, In his free time, Ryan travels to many foreign countries just to absorb the culture and life outside of California. So, so far, Ryan has been to China, Japan, Taiwan, the Bahamas, Canada, Paris, uh, Paris, London, Germany, and Mexico. And I've had my passport stamped once. So, uh, (laughs) I am honored to have you here, man, today as our special guest here on the W2 Capitalist Podcast. So, welcome and thank you for being here. Oh, man, I appreciate it. And um, I'm honored to be on the show, Jay. Hey, the honor is all mine. All right. But let's dive into this. So you're you got your doctorate in pharmacy at age 23. Now, if I'm doing the math correctly, you blew through some schooling to be able to get your doctorate, right?
1: Yeah. So my college actually offered something called a two plus three program where it's like two years of undergrad and three years of pharmacy school and i was able to get my pharmacy degree a doctorate of pharmacy degree after that so that's how it was so fast
0: do you have to have a doctorate to be a pharmacist or
1: or no not necessarily. Uh, but nowadays, I think the board for most states, I think they require a doctorate.
0: And we're not talking about the, the recent plunge of mer- uh, medical marijuana do- uh, pharmacists. We're talking about <laughs> an actual pharmacist that works in one of these big brand pharmacies, or are we talking about municipal marijuana?
1: Well, actually, you know, I got a side business of marijuana. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, no, we're talking about the legit, like legal, legal drug dealers, right? Yeah, yeah. Legal (laughs) Legal drug drug dealer. dealer. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's go with that.
0: (laughs) That's good, that's good. All right, so college towns, college tenants, um, you know, I think when I was in college, technology has dramatically changed a lot since then, right, as far as how things can get automated or whatnot. But tell us about the college town, like the system you've come up with uh, to get, especially in a high, you know, I, when I think of Cal, there's a lot of thoughts that come to mind when I think of California. Number one is, uh, or one of the things is unaffordable real estate, right? But you've yeah. been able to figure that out. So talk about that a little bit. And then I want to get into just how you've automated things so that you, you have less uh issues with college tenants right mhm
1: yeah sure for sure uh so let me just talk about my inspiration real quick uh so yes i was definitely inspired by my grandpa but one thing that also inspired me or actually drove me to do this is I started my first job at a hospital pharmacy and then on the first day in I started asking some pharmacists some questions and like what do you like about your job right and one of the (laughs) senior pharmacists he was like in his 60s right and he said to be honest dude I hate it here Um, I would have quit a long time ago but I need to still collect my paycheck right so I was like, oh man, you know, I guess I Day, can't really do this for actually. Day one,
0: as you as you're you're going into the field that you have been thinking about and you want you want to get into that. It was this was before college, yeah. right? This was sorry. This was Go before ahead. college when you had this conversation. Or was this oh after? no,
1: actually it was soon after I graduated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now
0: you've went to school for this, you've graduated, yeah. you got your first job. Hey man, what do you you've been in this field, you're about to retire. Do you love about this job? And the guy says, I hate it here. I just need to (laughs) to check. Pretty much how it went. Pretty much how it went. Yeah. It had to be uh, Uh, eye opening and uh, frustrating for sure. So, for sure. (laughs) Anyway, I interrupted you. Go continue on, please, sir. All good. Yeah. So, yeah, I
1: just wanted to get started as soon as possible. So, I actually did work a lot overtime. I worked six days a week. I actually took up a second job I worked retail as well um, and then I just saved up a bunch of capital because we know real estate is capital intensive I mean you could definitely be creative but it's good to have that capital so then I dived uh, straight into my first rental in 2016 a year after I started working and I actually you know at one point it wasn't always that easy I, at one point I was down thirty thousand dollars. I lost a lot of money on that first property due to a lot of unexpected repairs. Mm. Uh, But then I pulled myself out of it. You know, obviously I was depressed for some time. I was like, am I really good at this? Can I really make (laughs) this work? Right. But then I, you know, I kept at it because I knew my grandpa made it work. And eventually properties will appreciate, the rents will go up, keep up with inflation. Right. And then I just kept reinvesting the cash flow and my W-2 income. And then I even took out some equity on my first property because it actually did go up $60,000. So I guess that's the silver lining. Of, oh, yeah. you know, I lost 30000 but it went up 60000 in equity. And so I took that out as a HELOC and then put that on a property. Uh, and then I just bought one property a year. It really accelerated the process by renting out per bedroom because you're basically mm-hmm. taking a single family unit or single family home and making it a multifamily unit by renting out per bedroom and maximizing your profits. Usually I can double my profits actually. And yeah. so it sped up the whole process. I was able to scale it. And over the course of just four years, I was able to purchase four single family homes, put in 18 tenants that makes $10,755 per month in rental income. Awesome.
0: Let, let me ask you this though. You you said that you on the very first property. By the way, you still own it today, right? Cuz you that was your yeah, 2016, your 4 yeah. years into it. So what do you mean you lost 30,000 uh into it? Is you ran into, it sounds like maybe you ran into some unexpected uh capital expenses that you had to to fix right away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot. Uh so it's a 100-year-old property. And that, that, was one of <laughs> <laughs> that was the first mistake. That uh, was the first mistake.
1: A 100-year-old properties, a lot of things tend to break down. One of the things I should have done was a sewage line inspection because it was mm. so old. Uh, the house had cast iron pipes, so they were rusted over and they had roots sticking into them. But sure. we didn't find out until um, sewage started coming out of the kitchen sink and I got called. Oh at like 11 p.m (laughs) on the weekend so (laughs) you can imagine I was like what the heck is going on you know uh, and then i was calling up a lot of people you know someone to get over there to sanitize the area obviously and then a plumber he stuck the uh a camera down the sink and the pipe um and he discovered that the whole pipe was broken and had to be replaced so that cost nine thousand dollars
0: so you didn't do, uh, you didn't do an inspection beforehand, or you did like, uh, what's considered like a, a four, um, oh, my mind just went blank. It's like four point home four inspection. Point. Yeah, yeah. Four point, there yeah. you go. Four point home inspection, which yeah. does not include scoping the uh, sewer not, line. No. So, exactly. so the lesson learned here, if it's a, a home of a certain age, pay the extra money to have the inspector scope the sewer line right? Yeah,
1: exactly. I would say any home before the 1980s, because that's when they started yeah. switching out the cast iron pipe for PVC. PVC yeah. tended to not have those issues because it doesn't rust. Yeah. Like the yeah. iron pipes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I even, I, I know what you're talking about. Cause I, I had a, yeah. a property that I bought. It was a 1950s build, like 1950s. And oh, yeah. they used uh terracotta clay as far uh-huh. as uh, it wasn't cast iron, but, um, the, uh, the thing is that terracotta clay over time, it would begin to, you know, the soil would shift or whatnot and little leaks of water would come out and then tree roots would find its way in uh, and I, yep. I had to replace a section of pipe as well. So, um, uh, you know, yeah. my, my neighbor came over cause I lived on the side of a mountain. My neighbor came over and he goes, um, pretty sure your sewage is running into my yard. I was like, <laughs> That's that's how we discovered it, it wasn't backing up oh, into man. our house, but it was yeah. it was running over. I was like, man. Anyway, so um, oh, that's not good. <laughs> how do you how do you clean up sewage backing? We're not going to get into that. We're oh, no, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> all, right, so all the gory details. <laughs> yeah. So oh, let's man. talk about this rent per room because I think that's pretty incredible. I know yeah. a lot of folks are doing it now with Airbnb type situations, and there's there's a lot of guys in the mastermind who. Um, you know they 're they 're single or they 're recently married, and either them or them and their spouse they will turn in and rent their rooms their extra bedrooms in their primary residence to other folks right uh you know, like travel nurses or whatnot um but how do you how do you go about renting per room right is each room like its own lease or and and if so then how do you how do you evict somebody who is just in that single room and then Another question is, how do you, how do you, um, Vet them? What, yeah. How do you, well, how do you vet them? But because they're college kids, they have no, they probably have no credit history. At least I didn't when I was in college. And then, um, the common areas, how do you, like I had several roommates in college. One was my brother and one was a couple of friends of mine. One, one friend, he was, he was pretty rowdy, you know, where guys Mm -hmm. were, you know, late teens, early twenties, right. and just doing guy stuff. <laughs> We'd start wrestling around or with whoever was over visiting and there would be big holes that would be put in the wall that we had to fix. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, oh, <laughs> so how do you, but how do you keep charge of all that or, or calculate all that or keep, keep those guys accountable? So I threw yeah, a lot at you there. So let's start oh, this. No, how do you, how do you vet those tenants, uh, those college tenants coming in who may not have any sort of credit history or job history or anything like that? Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, I
1: think that's the common perception
0: that these tenants are going to
1: be, especially college tenants, they're going to be rowdy, they're going to cause a lot of trouble, it's going to be a lot of management work, but I find that's not the case because I use this, I call it the prime method for vetting the tenants, so I'll just run through it. P stands for placement of ads. So you have to put your ads where your tenants hang out so that you have a, a large volume of potential tenants to choose from so you, that you can be picky and choosy who you bring into your house. So gotcha. usually I target like third or fourth year college students. Those who have already got their party life out, you know, <laughs> they're, <laughs> Wait, they're usually professional what about, students.
0: What about those Five-year students who haven't figured that out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, I look for that too, you know. I I also look
1: for, you know, what major they are too. So I usually target more like pharmacy school students, dental students, medical students, because I know those uh, studies are a lot more intensive than like undergraduate studies, right? And they're usually they're taking like midterms and finals back to back one after another. And they're really focused on their studies so they don't have time for someone who wants to, party up, have a house party, right? So yeah. placing those ads in the right place where they hang out, because if you place your ads and, you know, basically um, where they don't hang out, you're fishing in an empty pond. So hmm. the first time I started advertising my house, I actually had a vacancy for eight months, uh, which cost me $4,800 for that vacancy because <laughs> I, just, I just put a for rent sign on the lawn. So I was just getting calls <laughs> from people, but they were just like usually unqualified people, not even students, right? For the most part. Um, R stands for reviewing social media, so I I do kind of a background check by looking through their Facebook, right? So, do they have any pictures of them smoking, doing drugs, alcohol, uh, going to a bunch of raves? You know, um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, I kind of kind of identify a little stalking.
0: Yeah, you do a little stalking there. A little bit of stalking. Out. Yeah, exactly. I, I, have, I have heard that uh, a lot of employers are doing that now. They even pay. There's oh, even yeah. businesses and companies that come up Definitely. that do that and. And it, on the job side, I think it bothers me a little bit because, you know, you're uh, on the rental side. I mean, you're, I don't know. I think I'm going to contradict myself here. I,
1: well, you want to make sure they're going to make a good tenant. It doesn't, you you know, it's not
0: so much about their
1: personality as are they going to be a good tenant as well. Right. And I guess the
0: employer is trying to figure out if they're going to make a good employee, but I, I, you know, there's. I don't know. I, I have been very hard one way. I don't like corporate America oh, <laughs> for yeah. a lot of reasons, no, I, I, <laughs> but, um, I share that opinion, yeah. but I, I just, you know, and I think the more they do to try to fit people in this box of right. you, you need to come in, you need to fit in this box and you're going to do this job. You, you, you know, you, you're not going to be able to think outside that box, lack of better mm-hmm. phrase. Um, and I, I don't like that because I think it destroys creativity. Um, yeah. Anyway, those are, those people who do that and are okay with that are probably, uh, not listening to this podcast anyway and maybe yeah. or anything. So, um, exactly. I, I think that's right, so, a great point. So it, it has to be just one factor,
1: you know, it's not yeah. just like a hit or miss. You want to look at, the other three factors, like um, I stands for identifying the type of tenant they are. So, how are they responding to you? How are they talking to you? Right? Are they constantly asking for a cheaper deal? Are they difficult to communicate with? Do they get angry easily? Mm-hmm. And let's say someone does have pictures of them partying and all that, but they seem to be very professional when they communicate with me. You know, they they are very responsive as well. Um, then, yeah, I'll say, hey, you know what? this guy seems like a nice guy. I think he'll be a good tenant, right? So um, that brings me to the next point, measuring responsiveness. M stands for measure responsiveness. So that's uh, typically the more responsive they are, the more mature they are, the uh, faster they can get back to you if something comes up. Like let's say there's late rent, right? You don't want to wait three weeks for someone to pay you the late rent, (laughs) right? You want them getting back to you right away. So that makes for a good tenant. And then, of course, E stands for ensuring proof of income, making sure they can afford the rent. Uh, usually it's the parents, actually, who pay the rent. So you get bank statements or pay stubs from the parents to make sure that they can afford the rent.
0: And I was going to add, do you, um, I'm glad you brought up parents. Do you um, make the parents also sign on the lease? I or do, no? yeah, yeah. I usually have them co-sign. And then, so I guess the... The point
1: about like the, um, you know, having rowdy tenants and especially like around the common areas, uh, for the common areas, I do try to limit them. So like if I have a huge living room, for example, right, one of my strategies is adding those extra bedrooms because every extra bedroom you can add is an extra $620 I can charge in rent, which is a lot, you know, that's like an extra $600 cash flow right off the bat, right? So what I try to do sometimes is split the living room in half or I'll turn like an extra family bedroom or sorry, an extra family room into an extra bedroom.
0: Okay. Okay. So you do a little conversion. So there's some construction costs there, but in the long run, you Mm -hmm. have, uh, you do have some added cash flow there with uh, the return on the costs is, is pretty phenomenal is what you're saying, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I want to go back to something. I kind of skipped over this because we started talking about, uh, the sewer line was nine grand on that very first property. Mm-hmm. You you had some other expenses come up that totaled thirty thousand. The point I want to make: you said you lost uh, thirty thousand. You haven't lost anything yet, right? Because you yeah. you and I love this quote. I really wish I could remember. I, I need to look this up because I say it a lot. Is that you? You make your money when you buy, but you realize your gains when you sell, right? That's so regardless right. Regardless yeah. of whatever kind of property it is. So technically you haven't That's lost anything, point. but you did have to come out of pocket more, maybe put some of that stuff on credit cards or whatnot, more than you thought you would have in the beginning, but you really haven't lost it just yet. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because that, that full cycle hasn't happened yet. But the cool thing is, is you were able to pull a homemaker equity a lot of credit out of it to it sounds like maybe to cover that cost but also add some additional bedrooms either with this property or help you purchase the next one is that mm-hmm. okay yeah all right yeah so. all of that exactly so
1: you can use a HELOC for repairs you can also use it as a down payment toward the next house as well yeah so when i found that out, i was like oh yeah sure i'll take it out <laughs> uh, <I laughs> because like it's it. just sitting there right yeah. if you don't if you don't use it then the money's just sitting there And the job, one of the number one jobs of money is to make more money, right? Because you really want to scale
0: that wealth. Yep. And so I'm just just saying, I want to say this. When I was in college, I didn't know that. It took me, it took me like 15 years after college to figure that out. Uh, And that I wish they taught that uh, in school from grade school on up is the number one thing. If you're going to go out in the working, you know, the working, get in the real world, and make money when you have that money. The number one thing you should use it to do is make more money. Make more that money. is not taught. Yeah. We, are, we are taught as a society to be consumers because that's how the economy works and that's how taxes get paid and that's how the government just. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. We're going to change topics. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, you go through this prime method, which sounds like something you created to identify these tenants, right? High quality tenants. High quality tenants is a better phrase for that. How do you make it more automated from a rent collection standpoint, maintenance issues? What are some of the tips and tricks that you're using now that uh, we should be looking at if we're self-managing, right?
1: Yeah, great question. So I would say... Uh, Having a team of contractors, having a system in place. So everything that comes up, let's say a a tenant complains about another tenant, you have the system for that. You have a a protocol that you follow each time for that. So let's say a tenant complains about another tenant. Um, The first time that happened, I made the mistake of calling up the other tenant right away and saying, (laughs) hey, this guy is complaining about you. And that didn't work out very well. Oh, no, you don't, like, you don't get this brought into
0: to being the parent of the Yeah, uh, exactly, because you end
1: up being the middleman, right? And then you're like, the other guy's like, well, this idiot's, you know, calling, the, uh, talking about me behind the back, my yeah. back, to the landlord. And so that just kind of makes the situation a lot worse, right? Yeah, so yeah. what I found is, okay, I got to do tenant empowerment. So the guy who did complain, I say, okay, why don't you have, you know, you're an adult now, right? Uh, why don't you have a one-on-one discussion with the guy, right? Come up with an action plan. Say why you're upset. Then come up with an action plan, implement the action plan. And if things still don't work out, then yes, you can come back to me. And I have like a template email for that. I just shoot over to them. It's the same thing every time. And then after I send that email, honestly, I haven't had problems after
0: that. All right. So there, there sounds like that's the secret sauce, right? Because these, these folks, your tenants, college students, they're coming in, they're renting a room, uh, maybe for a semester or a quarter or whatnot. Um, they don't know who's gonna be in the other rooms, right? So they it's kind of luck of the draw yeah. of if if they're gonna do this. And and so I can kind of see where um they're not able to pick their roommates where I might just just call the landlord and say, Look, this guy that you put in here next to me, he's a total douchebag and he's <laughs> you know, he's doing all this stuff late at night when I'm trying to so." I I see that. I'm curious though, the secret sauce, what's in that email? What is it? What does it say? Is it just a reminder of, Hey, here are the rules of that you signed up for when you moved in? Just want to remind everybody that that time of year where, you know, you don't necessarily call anybody out, but you just say, look, every couple of weeks, I'm going to send you guys this reminder. Here's the first time you know, don't be an a-hole, be respectful of your, your roommate who's probably studying for a midterm or final and blah, blah, blah. What's in it? What's in the letter?
1: Well, it's about creating connections. So first off, okay. I usually say, look, I understand what you're going through. You know, I also had roommates in college that did that, right? I found what helps out <clears throat> is to try this. And then I provide them, you know, say, talk one-on-one with them, right? And then try to come up with a solution together and see if that will work. You know, if that doesn't work, yes, you can come back to me. But say, you know, I am here for them, right? And creating that connection is is really important. And so they understand that you are trying as a landlord as well, and then they realize that, oh, okay, so this is this is mainly something that I have to kind of yeah. Um, Make work, right? Because you're the translation can only do into, so much.
0: <laughs> you're transitioning into adulthood. <laughs> Go have an adult conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so, then they realize, well, yeah, you know, um uh if I can't help this, then most likely the landlord's not gonna really yeah. help too much more. Right now. Have
0: you ever had a tenant move out because of their their roommate was just it just wasn't working out? You ever had a tenant want to cut their lease short? I did have a tenant want to cut their lease short, but I, that's when you have to say, hey, you
1: know, um, we did sign a lease together. Right. And you do have to enforce the rules on that. Yeah. Um yeah. So after, after I have that conversation with them, you know, usually they can figure out to work, how to make it work. Make it work. Uh, honestly, you know, a lot of times it's just during finals week. I find it usually happens during <laughs> midterms or finals, you know, stress is high dishes are piling up, you know, a lot of dirty dishes. Right. Yeah. And then after finals, you know, everyone's relieved. They celebrate, yeah. Yeah. you know, they make up. Right. And then I don't get any complaints after that. Right. So usually that's another thing I just realized, you know, it's kind of a temporary thing. A lot of times, you know, they'll they'll eventually get over it. Get over it. Yeah. Are you saying dishes, you know,
0: for the most part, yeah. Dishes are piling up. I don't, I think the only thing that I cooked (laughs) in college was ramen noodles. The rest of it was fast food. It was, Hey, the the quickest thing because I wanted to go do whatever I was doing, but it was just, I don't know. Maybe that's part of, is that part of your questionnaire? Your prime method is do you cook? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, oh yeah. First question
1: I asked now. Yeah. <laughs> are you a cook? Um, yeah. I guess the last thing is um, you could always, you know, if, if it does get really bad, you could always go to the, the student's parents um, yeah. and, and mention like, like, if it's like they're smoking pots and they're being really noisy and police are coming over and stuff. And that's when I would, kind of just go to the parent. I only had to do that one time. It was on the very first year I started. So I uh, definitely get, got a lot more experience since then.
0: Get the hard stuff out of the way first, right? Yeah. Now, you, now you've got the experience you can lie on to make, make sure that works. Um, all right. So what are some of the things though that you run into uh, maintenance wise and how do you handle those uh, in an automated way? You said you, you have this group of contractors or subs, right? These specialty, these guys who focus on their specialties, you, mm-hmm. you self-manage these properties. How often are you contacting them? You know, what's the, and, and uh, one thing I'm really curious about is tenants, uh, your college tenants, if they're there for mm-hmm. a semester or for a quarter, you have pretty frequent turnover, right? So how, mm-hmm. what's the cost? What are you looking to do when a, when a tenant turns over and all that kind of stuff? Hey guys, I want to take a break from the action real quick to mention what we have going on in the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. You've heard me talk about those. uh, The Mastermind here in this episode, you're going to continue as we go through this, mention some folks in the Mastermind and kind of what they have going on. It's similar to what Ryan, the concept that Ryan's introducing us to. Um, So I want to make sure you have the information to connect with us because we are expanding the Mastermind and you may be asking yourself, what is the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, and essentially a place for like-minded people to get together. We do it virtually over Zoom. Um, Just like if you were to watch this episode on YouTube, you see Ryan and I recorded on Zoom, but it's a room uh, full of like-minded investors. They may have a different niche than you, but they've got uh, some sort of focus. They're going to have some different experience levels than you, and it's just a great resource to tie in. Now, we meet routinely throughout the month. We have um, sessions that happen every week. We have sessions that happen every other week. And then we have sessions that happen just once a month, depending on the niche and the host of those mastermind calls. So what I want to make sure you have is two links. Uh, Number one, you go to w 2 capitalistcom forward slash events to see the times that we are meeting and who's meeting in the focus. And the other one is just more information about the mastermind. In case you want to join it, you can go to w 2 capitalistcom slash mastermind or you can find the mastermind button at the very top but w2capitalist.com slash events is going to give you the calendar for everything we have going on in the month uh, whether it's a mastermind call whether it's a webinar whether it's a, um, uh, a happy hour we're going to start doing those here pretty soon uh, to meet other like-minded investors so check us out w2capitalist.com slash events and w 2 com slash mastermind all right let's get back to it with ryan
1: yeah, so uh, for the tenant turnover, I do back to back leases actually. So they have the option of subleasing during the summer, which is totally fine. There's usually a okay. lot of summer school students. Uh, actually, pharmacy school and dental school, they go year round. Okay. So they go through the summer. And uh, whenever I get a pharmacy student, they do want a one year lease anyways. Uh, so yeah, I just offer a minimum one year lease. That's how I deal with that turnover. Uh, some people stay usually two or three years. And some people will only stay one year, which is totally fine with me because um, usually I can rely on uh, referrals. I usually ask them, okay, you know, you're interested in leaving. Do you have anyone who might want to take your place? Right. Maybe a friend or something like that. And so I have like 18 tenants giving me referrals potentially. So that's kind of like how the system is created. You kind of create your reputation. You have that volume. You're able to get um, a lot of people um, easily. So it's not a big hassle, like oh, or you're never worrying, like oh, am I never not going to have uh, a tenant for fill the space, yeah. you know, for this year or something like that. And even during coronavirus, you know, I I filled the rooms for fall semester, okay, just fine. So yeah, it it really works out. Um, it, what was your other question? Oh yeah, contractors. So I yeah. do have a um a team of like handyman and contractors, um handyman typically they're more specialized in like one area. Like I'll have a guy who always does flooring. Right. And then GCs, general contractors, they can do the bigger projects. Like if I wanted to put up some walls mm-hmm. or maybe cut a hole in the wall, <laughs> make a, a new hallway doorway doorway. or something to a huge <laughs> renovation project or whatnot. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have, those contractors for that, but basically, if something does come up, like let's say they say there's a leak or the toilet's not working, I'll just forward that text message to the handyman, yep, um, the respective handyman, and then they'll just take care of it, and then they'll send me a bill, and I'll cut them a check, and it's pretty much all hands off. You know, they can even let themselves in because they have the uh, numeric code to the key to open the door, so it's all automated. Uh,
0: so yeah. all, all your properties have electronic entry right? Do Mm -hmm. the individual rooms, the individual bedrooms also have electronic entry? The individual rooms do have a lock, but it's just like
1: a pinhole key lock. So if you just,
0: yeah, it's, yeah. So you have, I'm going to get this straight. I think uh, something just connects for me. You have four single family properties, Mm -hmm. but you've divided up the bedrooms and you've added some bedrooms and you've got 18 tenants. Yeah. So you've got four, properties that equal 18 units, right? Because mm-hmm. anytime I hear about a unit, it's about it's a door. And I've always pictured the door in the front of the building that is the that's how you cash flow it, right? So a duplex has two units, a triplex has three units. You're kind of turning this whole thing on its head and saying, No, I'm making a single family, I'm going inside, I'm counting the doors inside. And that's the units that I'm going to rent out. And I've never thought about that, and yeah, uh, man. in that way. So that's pretty freaking cool. And given that they're single family homes, you you get better financing terms. Uh, yeah. Because if you went out exactly. and you tried to find an 18 unit apartment complex now, um, right. They want a higher down payment.
1: There's like interest only, and there's the arm and, and terms are not as good. And stuff. So this yeah. is
0: this is interesting, man. This is an interesting concept. So, how oh, yeah. is this the school that you went to and you, you graduated from? Yeah, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, t- so size of the school, how many students are enrolled? Is it a big area, or is it like the place I went to school? The school is basically the only thing, it went to undergrad. The, the school is basically the only thing happening in that in area, that area. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is it's just probably the most part for um for that college towns. for college yeah. towns right the the yeah. biggest populace is the student bodies that are coming the students, so yep. how how big is um the college what first of all what's the name of the college that uh, you're we're referring to and how it's big a is it? uop in stockton california okay. okay yeah what how big of a school is it uh, it's about fifty
1: two hundred students, I think, this year. Okay. Uh, so not on- yeah.
0: So not like dramatically uh not, not dramatically really big, big but
1: yeah, if you I mean, if you think about it, though, I only have eight I have eighteen tenants, but that's only point three percent of the total tenant body you know the total number of students so you know i have a very low market share but i'm able to make six figure income from it you know so it's really great and i love that point you brought up about you know dividing the bedrooms all my houses started out as three beds two baths right okay and i was actually able to create four beds and five beds out of them or even put in two tenants in one room
0: and still to and still the two um uh, two baths, right? Yeah. Still the two baths. Yeah. So it's a good ratio. You just said two tenants per one room. How does that work out? Like if somebody knows somebody else or what's, how does that work? So usually, um, you'll get some couples also interested in
1: the property. And then when you have a couple, I could say, you know, if you wanted to rent out the master bedroom, you'll pay a little bit less each or a good amount less each. And then it's about like 30%. So let's say I were to rent out. Um, well, let's say the normal is $500, right? I yeah. would increase it by 30%. So that would be what? six fifty or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would just divide that by two. And then that's how much I would rent it out for.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So in these three bedroom, two bath houses that you have, do all of them have a master suite? right, where the mm-hmm. the uh, um, one of the bathrooms is attached to one of the bedrooms. So is that just limited oh. to the person who has the master and then the other two bedrooms are fighting over for the, the one one bath? Or, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: one of them has, like you said, the bathroom attached to the master bedroom. Okay. The other three, it's shared. So, okay. yeah, they do have to share bathrooms usually.
0: So what... I know we're getting in the weeds here, but this brings me to the point I'm trying to make as most people, like most folks, and they're going to buy their primary residence. They're looking for, you know, a three, two is kind of the average with one of the bedrooms having a master suite attached to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're kind of, uh, you've identified a market to where if it, it works out in your favor, so to speak that, yeah. The bathroom is not attached in the master suite. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. That's where I was trying to go with that. So thank you for sticking with me on trying to uh, yeah. get there. <laughs> uh, we got there. We got there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. so you're still I'll working full time. You've identified this pretty awesome niche. Like I'm getting, because ex- I look at where I went to school, which was Jacksonville State University area Two uh-huh. two 2.5 GPA, by the way, I was not a doctorate. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I was, I was oh, good. I would not be one of your tenants. <laughs> let's just put it that way. If I went through I went through the prime method, That's a good one. I would not be one of your tenants. I wouldn't even pass. You wouldn't have passed? Oh, I would pass the P. <laughs> I would not have passed the P. Oh so, man. Oh man. Um man, totally lost my train of Oh, but it was a, it was a small school, right? I mean, I think there was um mm-hmm. eight thousand, eight or nine thousand uh, people. And it was a commuter school, so it was kind of out in the middle of the country and everybody basically just drove. Within 20 right. 30 mile radius but there were some uh-huh. um people who done that and i, I you know i kind of go back to that i was like i know that area is still Would i go buy anything there um mm-hmm. and i i'm kind of shunned it away number one it's uh seven hours away from where we live today uh you know so i would if i did the whole self-managing thing which i'm against um that would be a struggle uh, mm-hmm. but you You know, when I've looked at single, I haven't looked at single families because I thought, okay, um, colleges, I want to buy the apartment complex. Matter of fact, the apartment complex that I lived in uh, my entire college career uh, came up for sale uh, about a year ago and Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't make it, I couldn't make the numbers work. I don't even know if it's still for sale or I'm sure they got what they were asking for. Um, Mm -hmm. But that that was kind of cool to kind of come full circle. Anyway, you've now made me open my eyes to uh, smaller schools can work. Um, oh, yeah. And it's the, the kind of the key to the success is the prime method, but also uh, renting out and maximizing the number of bedrooms in a single family house. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I Honestly, I feel like it's kind of a, a blue ocean, uh, which – means yeah. it's just a strategy that's not used that people don't talk about it. But there's so much opportunity in this area. You're renting out a bedroom for half the price of uh, on-campus housing. Uh, mm. So the on-campus dormitories, they charge like $1,200 a month. Plus you have to buy a meal, meal plan, right? Versus if you just stay off campus, it's half the price. You don't have to pay a meal plan and you get all that privacy compared yeah. to like living in the college dorms. Which in right. dorms you
0: don't get to pick your roommate most of the time anyway either. Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. sleeping right next to somebody. There's like no, <laughs> if it's a I know shared, there's no wall or anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never. I was. I was, I was uh, I you wake
1: up to their alarm. <laughs> oh, Man, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I was so uh, it's, it's highly nice. fortunate. I, I didn't have to, uh, to live in a dorm, I'll but I know a lot of people do. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's great. And I do buy like within a one minute walk to their classes. Actually, okay. my houses are closer to their classes than some of the college dormitories as well. So it makes That's a lot crazy. of sense for people.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, but it's not considered on-campus housing. Right. Yeah. it's not on-campus property is technically what it is. All <laughs> right. So how often do you go and physically visit, visit these properties? How often do you oh, dude, honestly, out? the last time I, I went
1: down to the property to do something was August of 2019, to be honest.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because uh, everything, like I said, having your team of contractors, and then like, if you had to do any showings, you just have the previous tenants do the showings. You don't have Ah. to do any open houses yourself. Nice. So all of this is pretty much automated. Sometimes I even have the tenants contact the contractors directly if a problem persists, you know, and so they know to text the contractor directly and it gets done.
0: How, so... One thing that concerns me here, and I'm super conservative when it comes to investing though, is that mm-hmm. I think about how I lived as a college student and I wasn't dirty or anything like that, but our landlord, uh, would come by about every three months just to do a walkthrough,
1: just to check,
0: <laughs> check the smoke detectors, right. And also yeah. check the air filter to make sure we were checking it. And we, we knew we would get the proper notice and whatnot. And we cleaned the hell out of that apartment before, you know, it came in and, and, um, <laughs> just funny. to make sure. So there's no, yeah. you have no concern about uh, anything going on of that nature or making sure the air filters are changed or anything like that. Oh yeah. You definitely want to change your
1: air filters okay. for sure. Um, I do it twice a year about,
0: but you have your uh, handyman do it.
1: Yeah. I just have the handyman come gotcha. in just as a schedule. He just changes all of them out. Um, and he can far back any, any, uh, Issues else. as well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, if there's like an extra student, like maybe staying there or something, you know, that would be a big thing. Yeah, uh, but that really doesn't happen.
0: Well, yeah. it it kind of helps you out the way you've set yeah. this system up that you you um have these individual bedrooms rented out. Is that mm-hmm. it? Seems like if if another person is staying there and starting to cause some trouble then some of your other tenants would raise a red flag after they've attempted the adult conversation and you would know about it anyway. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. So where do you see yourself in five years? What's, 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 uh, what's on the, uh, distant, uh, near future for, for Ryan Chaw. So I'm 28
1: now. Um, by time I hit 31, I could actually have my properties paid off just by reinvesting the cash flow on them. Uh, because it is quite a significant cash flow, And then just also putting some of my W-2 income into them. And then I could retire if I wanted to, you know, I have that choice, right? At now, 31. At 31. Yeah. And be able to have that $10,755 per month coming in and just by my normal income now. You know? Okay.
0: So you're not yeah. trying to add units. You're trying to pay off the notes that you have on the existing ones. And you're trying to accelerate that, right?
1: Right now I am, but I'm definitely <laughs> flexible. I'm kind of yeah. kind of like what Bruce Lee says, you know, be like water. You have to be flexible. Water yeah. uh, fits the shape of the container it's in. So if like the economy tanks, let's just say the real estate market crashed, prices go down twenty percent, I would be buying like crazy. I'll yeah. be taking out my, you know, I have that massive HELOC right that I have ready. I just pour all of my money onto know two, three, four properties or whatever, right? And try to get yeah. as many as possible because eventually we'll definitely go back up, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I so think I'm in the next year that. or so yeah. you're you're gonna have that opportunity. Um and it's but it's all you know regional. it's a cycle. I mean yeah. the
1: prices go up and they go down. Real estate has a cycle like anything else. Yeah. No one can say exactly when there will be a crash or a recession no. or whatever. Uh, we all have our honest. crystal
0: balls, but we're not yeah. sharing that information because we're greedy. <laughs> so. I guess. No, I'm just joking. So <laughs> when, when you talk about I the wish, price I wish of I these, do. yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the prices of these houses that you're converting into these student rentals, uh, renting by the bedroom, what kind of price range are we talking about in uh, California? Yeah, Sacramento my lowest area. For sure. Uh, so, my smallest bedrooms,
1: they go from uh, $510 or 550 per month. Utilities aren't included, so they, they pay the utility bill oh, wow. separately. Yeah. And then um it goes up to six seventy for my um most expensive room or six ninety. What's your, what's think,
0: your purchase price on on your average purchase price uh per per Ooh,
1: nowadays ounce. it's around three hundred thousand for the current okay. market. Um
0: but the first one
1: I got for two sixty two thousand, so kind of nice. around that.
0: so how do the tenants if there's multiple tenants how do they determine who puts the electrical or what the utility bill in their name or does is your utility system out there so sophisticated they can figure out who owes what (laughs) on bedroom yeah because it's a shared bathroom right Right. how does that work
1: yeah so split evenly Uh, Um, sometimes you have a group of friends come in and then one of the friends will be like, okay, I'll just take charge of all the utilities. I'll pay the bill and then split it among the rest. So that way that's, that's great on my part because I don't have to do anything. Right. Uh, but for the other ones I do, I just add up the bills and I'll split it four or five ways, depending on how many tenants there
0: are. So yeah, effectively what you're doing is a rubs situation where it's a master meter, uh, and it's split between all the tenants. All right. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So in five years you think you're going to be retired or you think you're, it it what's In three years I'll be retired. In three years you're going to be retired. Yeah. 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 It's going to be great to have options, man. That's, that's incredible. I wish, I wish I was you when I was uh, your age. Quite Honestly, I think most (laughs) W2 workers uh, could retire in
1: about eight, nine, 10 years through real estate.
0: Absolutely. They, they absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. You figured yeah, out something kind of
1: expedited a little bit further. Uh, exactly. There were, and that, there was a, that's not even assuming appreciation, you know, I, no. I'm just assuming it's staying the same price. Nothing happens to, you know, like yeah. rent stay the same and everything uh, it will still be good
0: by 31. That's awesome. So, yeah. so is that the, the uh, premise behind the 10 year and 15 year notes that you have? We didn't cover that, but I want to make sure we do. Why, oh, yeah. why go of 10, 15 year note versus a 30 year? Yeah, I
1: figured uh, I figured I since I'm still making cash flow on a 15 year loan and I'm able to um Yeah if you can pull it it off man that's that's awesome. Yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly since I'm still making cash flow and since I'm you know what do you call it? Um I just wanted to pay them off sooner. I it makes sense to do the 15 year because you do get a lower interest rate. It's usually about 0.5 to 1% lower. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would say. So so I just was like, oh, I get a lower interest rate, might as well since I'm going to be paying them off anyways. And And it's still cash
0: flows. And it's still cash
1: flows. So all good. You know, I can always, I can always just hold it, you know, and after 15 years for sure, you know, the the countdown starts for sure. I'll be retired after 15 years.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. So today we're, I'm going to introduce a new segment of the show. Right. So we, Ryan, we're almost, we're over. I told you before I hit the record button. (laughs) i have got to be respectful. So, um, I found this app that asks these most random questions. Uh, oh, man. And I want
1: to... Uh, Here we go.
0: I, yeah. I'm going to pull up one random... There, there's some that are not so friendly, uh, family-friendly, that I'm going to skip past.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, R-rated? Oh, uh, yeah. that I mean like this, I'm not going to show you this one, but, uh, <laughs> okay. I, well, the, the thing is somebody posted in the, in the Facebook yeah. group this morning that, uh, or yesterday that, uh, their son who's 12 is now starting to recognize me and recognize my voice and stuff like that. Oh, and, okay. and I was like, oh, so I probably shouldn't be cussing as much on the podcast. That's probably not a good idea. So, uh, I get oh, pretty, yeah. I, sometimes I get pretty wound up about stuff. Uh, yeah. do you have any kids right now? No, I don't. All right. So this will be a good one. Uh, All right. So random question, random topic. Yeah. What would be the absolute worst name you could give your child? If you oh, ever have kids. Absolute worst name. It's
1: the worst name? Uh, Think about your so last wow. name, Chaw, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I guess that the first name was Chaw. It'll be like, cha cha. <laughs> uh,
0: that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Uh, that's, a, that, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm sure uh, I
1: could come up with more creative ones, but it's no, good. that's good. All right. You want to do one more? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Let's
0: see. All right, I got two here. The the first one, I don't it may be a quick answer. Uh have you ever been bitten or attacked by an animal? If so, what and why? Oh. Um
1: to be honest, it I,
0: scares me I how long you're having to think about this by the way, cuz it's like you Yeah. <laughs> <It's pretty common. laughs> I've been scratched by a cat
1: uh before. Yeah, I by... Were you doing
0: anything to the cat or is it just, it was
1: just a cat being a cat? Just uh, you know, when I was a kid, I liked to scare animals. So yeah, I, it probably was, uh, <laughs> it was probably deserved. <laughs> it was probably me. It was probably well deserved. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's
0: good. I was All probably right.
1: doing something like that. yeah. All
0: right, this is a little bit more on the serious note. Uh, if you could bring one famous person back from the dead, who would you pick and why? That was good. That one goes a little deep. We went from cha-cha, getting scratched by a cat. Now we're bringing back a famous person. (laughs) A famous person. Oh, man. Uh,
1: There's a lot of good people out there. Honestly, um, Bruce Lee was one of the guys I looked up to, for sure. Um, He was not only really good at martial arts and, you know, obviously very physically fit, but he also had a lot of philosophy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He was a good big philosopher and, you know, kind of uh, just ask him some questions maybe. You know, what do you yeah. feel like is the meaning of life, and I don't know, just you that's know, a good what, one. I, what, yeah, what do you feel make
0: make success? You
1: know, yeah. what what makes a successful person and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, okay, no, that's a good one. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think I just came up with the title for this episode. It's going to be yeah. what does Cha Cha Bruce Lee and cat scratches have in common? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting.
1: Ryan, I uh, but appreciate- I would like to see Bruce Lee versus Mayweather. That would, be, uh, that would be interesting.
0: I think Bruce Lee would take him down. You think pretty, so? You think quickly. he would take him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not, well, part of that is I'm not a big Mayweather fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, but um, – <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's another yeah, story. That's sure. another story for another, for a different podcast. Right, right. Oh, um, yeah, sure. Ryan, I appreciate your time today, man. We've gone well over. I think the uh, the prime system that you, you really made me think about this whole single family uh, buying rentals near a college and renting out the bedrooms, even though... This sort of concept is talked about in the master, the W2 Catalyst Mastermind almost every week, because we've got some guys who do Airbnb, like I was talking about earlier. Um, so it's, it's very interesting and eye opening for yeah. me, hopefully it has been for I'm sure it has been for people who are listening and watching this. If people want to follow up with you and just kind of pick your brain or whatnot, uh, or dive into the prime method a little bit more, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. So I got this uh, free PDF. I provide uh, new investors just trying to get into real estate or interested in the rent by the room method. Uh, And you can contact me on my homepage actually at www.newberealestateinvesting.com. That's www.newberealestateinvesting.com.
0: And newbie is spelled N-E-W-B-I-E. Nice. I'll make links to that in the show notes. And I'll also get your email, uh, Archall at newbie real estate as well. Yeah. Do you want your phone number on there? You good with that or no?
1: Oh man. I, yeah, you can put my throw it in. All sure. Right. Here's what's gonna it's happen a,
0: with that. I I um one of my partners, Tim Kelly, we were we were interviewed on the bigger pockets podcast, and he at the end, hey, what's the best way? He goes, my cell phone number, and I looked at it and was like, you give uh, your cell phone number. He goes, here's what's <laughs> going to happen with this. He goes, the yeah, people yeah. who seriously want to contact me, are going to reach out. Yeah. And maybe, maybe 0.01% of, of people who listen to this, that's not actually going to happen. So if you're interested in, we'll in chatting with Ryan, uh, his number is going to be in the show notes uh, and uh, as well as his email. And I highly recommend I'm I'm going to go uh, register and download uh, the form that you've got out there. Cause I'm, I'm, you really, you really uh, oh, made me think about this whole concept because we, we've got oh, a few bye, colleges man. here uh, locally uh, or not too far from where we live. Yeah. Not yeah, that I want to get into market. self-managing, uh, but I got a feeling explaining this concept to a property manager who's used to dealing things one way is going to be a struggle, and they're going to want to focus on doing it like as an Airbnb where mm-hmm. they get like 25% of the income versus yeah. a 10% property management fee, which right, right. I'm not going to give out. That's tip. a, yeah, huge, that's a sure. huge thing. I'm not doing that. Uh, all right, Ryan, thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your knowledge sharing with us. And uh, hope, hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, maybe, I appreciate maybe, you having me on the show. Maybe before your 31st birthday, we can, you can reveal oh, yeah. what you're going to do. Are you going to retire? Or what's the deal? I don't know. It's a oh, couple we'll years see. away, we'll man. it will Yeah. Could be <laughs> right. sooner. Who knows, man? It could be. It could be. Yeah. Ryan, thank you again, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jay. All right, y'all. That wraps up for today in our episode with uh, Ryan Shaw. Again, very interesting concept. And I dropped a couple of links for you throughout the show. I want to make sure you have them one more time because we do have some amazing things going on with the Mastermind and how it's expanding. Right now, there are 40 People in the mastermind that I'm talking about. Uh, by the end of the year, I am shooting for that to be 100. And once we hit that number of, of 100, it's going to be capped out for a while because that amount of growth is going to throw a huge rock in my pond about how we actually uh, grow this thing and expand it and whatnot. So if you're interested at all, make sure you go to w2capitalist.com slash mastermind to find out more information. And then the other two links I, I, I want to give you is the events link. So w2capitalist.com events where you can see when all the mastermind calls happen. Uh, also the other events that we're hosting, I'm gonna start doing a monthly webinar and also doing a monthly happy hour where we can just get together and chat with other other like-minded investors. But you can find that at w2capitalist.com slash events. And then the third thing, DealCheck, uh, our number one affiliate for the show here is w2capitalist.com slash DealCheck, the absolute best calculator on the planet when it comes to analyzing. Burrs, flips, wholesales, rentals, uh, small multifamily, commercial multifamily. It is the best deal calculator out there. And it's super affordable, right? So the the event or not the event, the uh, level that I'm using, you can create a free account, a free account. You can create, <laughs> let me start that over. You can create a free account uh, and you can use it uh, for as long as you want to. And then they're going to start when you start unlocking certain pieces and, uh, that you need access to, uh, when you want to deep dive into these properties and get used, um, get access to some of their more, uh, efficient tools, then they're going to ask you to pay for it. Right. But you can sign up for free, use it, check it out for as long as you want to. And then when you get ready to, to purchase it, it's like five bucks a month, right? For the, it depends on what uh, niche you're going after. Uh, but for me, it is five bucks a month because I focus on the uh, the buy and hold aspect of it. Anyway, um, guys, thank you for being around. Thank you for listening. I hope that you found this helpful. And if you did, I hope that you will share it with someone. All right. Make it a great day. And don't forget to earn, invest, repeat.